<laughs> I don't want the I don't want the gays to come get you. Oh, shit. You know how they are. Are we rolling? Yeah, we're rolling. Oh my god. Nah, yeah. You know. oh, hey, hey, shout out to the LGBT BBQ Element OP. Lead it up. Yo, y'all wild. <laughs> no, not doing a politically correct thing, man. It's, just, it's, it's not. It's not disrespect, bro. I'm just not gonna stumble over my my tongue for it. But um. I'm going to hold it to the side because I don't like putting yeah, stuff in my mouth. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I take the peanut. I take the nuts out my Snickers before I eat them. So. The mic on the table. <laughs> right? Oh, I don't want to touch it. I ain't holding no mic like that. Yeah, titties, titties, big mic. ass titties. No. Big um, ass titties. Grip it up at the top, man. Hey, yeah. chill. Let's go, John. <laughs> hey, pause all that. Nah, we say that's our intro. Titties, titties, big ass titties. Oh, we normally say that. Okay. That's how I know my friend doesn't support my podcast and doesn't listen because I said titties, <laughs> titties, big ass titties. The same thing we what say every say? week. No, listen. Leading I've, into I've every seen, episode, and he was like, "Why I've are seen you?" A few episodes. Why it's are you always in the it? middle of the episode though. It's never like got you in the beginning. So you just see the previews. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I follow you guys on Instagram. <laughs> nah, I um, I like something in February. I think it was. I seen something back in February. Yeah. That you, that's that's what you. That's, fuck you, man. <laughs> fuck you. Hey man, I've been busy. I'm sorry. I'm watching. I'm, I'm keeping now. up with you getting army rolls and yeah, shit. Yeah, hey. You out here getting rolls to? Okay, first off, I guess we should do an introduction. Um, yeah. I could be it's EJ. Extra. It's TJ. What's your name? I don't know your name. We have a young lady here, and I don't know who she is though. My name's Aria. Aria. And um, I guess our special guest, all, guess, all the way, all the yeah, way from, you don't even listen, motherfucker. How can you feel special <laughs> since you don't listen to? Like, <laughs> you nigga, the fuck? Oh, man. It's, you want to be special, but. Uh, oh, the homies, where they going? <laughs> the homies. Whoa. Yeah, you know my brothers. You know. Oh, that's kids, right. You know? That's right. That's right. I got to support that side, too. Dude, I guess. Have to. I guess. I guess like blue blue lives matter now. <laughs> blue lives matter. I guess um, we have ro- um, a- actor director. Um, I guess so, I want to be serious for a second when I'm giving you filmmaker, accolades. Um, yeah, because I really do want to run down your list because I, I let's set the jokes aside for a second because no he is a couch. yeah right. he is a brilliant young man and I, I definitely like a friend and somebody that I truly like want to like pay true respects to when it comes to his art and his craft. So. Um, like let's run down the list really quick before we start bullshitting and start joking mm-hmm. around. Um, writer, director, filmmaker, uh, actor, um, yeah. philanthropist. Um, like I don't. I, what else do you want to add? Sex to it? symbol. Um, I'm gonna let you do that part. You know. I'm gonna let <laughs> you do that part. I'll run you know, down. I'll nah, run down the philanthropy cool, you know and like, like the director. We're not homophobic on this, right? You know. Oh, oh no. I'm, I'm, you see, I have I always have a theory about that because I always <laughs> ask people like, what about if you grew up around some really scary gay people? What oh, about that's why you homophobic? You scared of gay people because you just knew some really like, tough you gay really people. Really scared of gay people. Like, yeah, nah. like like nah. We had a, like you ever seen The Wire? I have. Like yeah. the th- like the, of, the dude, like Heartless, who was it? That, see, Omar, or who yeah. was the gay you know? nigga like that yeah, scared yeah, everybody? Nah, like, nah. imagine if you grew up with that nigga on your block. Oh, man, like, he sucked dick and do drive-bys. Oh, and then God. you wondering why, yeah. when gay people come in the room, this, this nigga Ronald always leaves the party. You know why? They would clear the street, bro. Omar <laughs> coming. Yeah, like Yo. Omar. Ronald leaves because he grew up with an Omar. Like, you got a random friend in college, they be like, man, them gay people here, bro. You got your bulletproof vest on? Like, how do you even make that correlation? This nigga yeah, Omar. I never thought about that. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, what about if you grew up around some skin? Like, you you live in Atlanta now. Like, you always talk about the gay people that you see in Atlanta and shit that they don't. Not always. We had a fucking conversation. He's been here, he's been here for like three hours. Like, so right. let me say that. Not mm-hmm. always. He had a fucking conversation a little while yeah, ago. He, he, said, he said Atlanta got like the Conan of gay people. Yeah, like, what yeah, you gonna do? It's the Mecca, bro. Yeah. You know? It's it's tough out there. Like you, this dude just found out that he started liking boy pussy in prison. He just got out of Fulton County 
And now he see my girl walk out the house with like armor clad drawers. Like, nah, I got I got these I got these dig proof diapers on, right? <laughs> got these man diapers on. They dig proof. Like they they dig proof. Like, like, nah, they dig proof. You can you can poke them, they don't stretch. They ain't got no give. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, nigga got a wrestle to rape out of me. <laughs> nah, the gay niggas out there are cool, man. It's just it's They just cool, cool like you know all of them. <laughs> Okay, wait, let's get back because we've digressed yeah, you know, severely. We went from writing down your cool, resume bro. to like right, your right. views on gay people. Like, let's wait until we get more than five minutes into the podcast right, to ruin cool. your production yeah. company. We'll, 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 we'll listen to that. But yeah, yeah no, actor filmmaker. Oh, shit. Why, why did you lose your voice? <laughs> um, recently hit puberty as well. <laughs> Recent adult. Actor filmmaker. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Start so talking from your diaphragm. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Is yeah. That but yeah, no, nah, I appreciate y'all having me as a guest on the podcast. I'm yeah. Like, truly honored. I see y'all doing y'all thing, man. And you, you know, know you don't, but congrats, I appreciate you doing that line. Nah, every time it. I come around, y'all, you know, y'all set up the podcast and y'all get it going. So you gotta respect that. You know, y'all being consistent. Appreciate I can't say that for a lot of people. This is only our second episode. The first one you Nah, you I've seen <laughs> I've seen I've seen more than two episodes. All I can right. say that. You know. Right. So, so all right. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. That, that's dope uh, coming from you. I truly respect you and what you do. So I appreciate it. Man. Really quick, man. Let's run down the um, just your movies and stuff. Let's run down your work really quick. Your short films, so we can um, so the people we can the people can be informed where to find that, how to support. Let's get that out the way now. People always wait to the end to do that. Let's do that early. Okay. What number booty talk are we on right now? <laughs> booty talk. Hey, oh booty yeah, talk for y'all that don't know, he do um, he do garage porn as well. Oh shit. So for all y'all up and coming models. And um, rappers want to get your song in at the beginning of the tape. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who don't mind fucking in the garage. Oh the asbestos God. is out now, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. No, so the first film, America's Pitbull, you can find out on YouTube. Uh, my YouTube is Romel Rose, and then I have High Yellow, then I have Because of the Internet, Spirit of Injustice, and I have a series based on kind of like, you know, rape culture and consent, something that, you know, is. You know, it's a big topic right now. So y'all can find all that on my YouTube. So yeah. I, this is not <laughs> a funny thing. Like, and I'm not, I don't want to make light of it. I guess it speaks to the seriousness that, I guess the seriousness that I can, being someone who's like a friend of yours and seeing the contrast and how often we joke around and like, just p- like playfully just talk about shit and mm-hmm. never speak about the seriousness of stuff. Um, th- there's a certain like, if you pay attention to people, like there's a certain awkwardness that you have when you discuss certain topics. So mm-hmm. t- for me, when I see you, or when I see your art and I see your work and I see how you take on stuff like head on, but like it's stuff that I know is heavy to you because in passing and in conversation, you you clam up at the idea of speaking about it. And yeah. it's like the only way you convey it is through your work. And like, I know your work is the most serious thing about you. Like that's something your craft and your art is something you take super serious. So it's like, I understand the seriousness of these topics and these, these, things, these art pieces that you're making when I like look at the contrast, the stark contrast of like, yo, this man can't even in person he can barely talk about this, but yeah, yeah. like when he's in his comfort zone and in his realm of where he expresses himself best, like he takes on some of the most heavy stuff and like that's dope, man. Yeah, I think it's, that's fu- cool. it's funny that you say that because a lot of people who like meet me and don't know of my work or people who like go on my Instagram and they're not familiar with my actual content, they're like, whoa, like that I didn't expect you to be taking on that kind of stuff. Just because like you said, like sometimes those conversations are hard to have with you know, the homies. Some some homies might not be ready to have that kind of dialogue. So I I take that and I kinda of put it into my work rather than trying to be preachy or like put it on social media or whatever. I kinda of just put it in the form of a story and, you know, let Med- the, the let medicine it, and the candy yeah, in the truest exactly. form. So um, 
with um but with that like you kind of touched on something and like we we're gonna like we're gonna get lighthearted like we're not gonna stay deep for long um but i i do want to kind of you did mention like sometimes our friends and our peers and our homies and we have we have a def um, a very close peer circle like we share a lot of the same friends mm-hmm. um how do you how do you address that sometimes? Like, do you think sometimes we have to present these conversations even when people aren't ready for them because that that kind of awakens them from their ignorance? And when I say ignorance, I mean that in the, like the truest sense, like the truest definition of that word, like their unknowingness. Yeah. Do sometimes we we take them out of that being oblivious? And um, I don't know. Like, it's kind of like you do have to wake people up sooner than what they're ready. But it's like that's where we're at right now. And like, do you sometimes have that crossroad where? Um, you don't feel kind of obligated to do it, like present stuff to your friends first, because it's like you present your art to the whole world with this message, and you'll give it to strangers that you don't know. And I mean, you as on a humanistic level, you care about, but you don't know, you don't care about. Mm-hmm. How do you do? You not feel sometimes obliged to like present that to your friends sometimes, even if they're not ready for it, even if you understand that it's it's for their own well being, even though like like sometimes you're not ready, and I'm gonna have to abruptly throw something on you, but isn't that kind of out of love? Yeah, but at the same time, I think that there's a way you present it Um, because sometimes you could try to tell somebody something you could present it and y'all might not see eye to eye on it. And it could, you know, it could ruin a relationship sometimes. Like I I deal with it personally, like with family, like I did. I did a a piece like dealing with like police brutality and everybody know my my brother's a police officer. So it's like. Having those conversations. Well, everybody might not know. Like, well, we, well, you do have a, you do have an audience. Like, we're yeah. speaking to more people than just our oh, friends well, yeah. here, so we do For have those to. who don't know. My my brothers are police officers, so sometimes those conversations are very. We have you know opposite mindsets and viewpoints. So you know, instead of us arguing about it because you know we just have two different points of views. All right, let me put it in a story form, and hopefully, like you could, without me trying to preach it to you or tell you or argue or like get you to see my point of view just watch this like watch the story unfold and i i usually try to do it in a very uh honest and and with integrity in that kind of way to where it's undeniable when you're watching this you can't say that i'm lying or saying or doing anything untruthful like it's it's, unbiased yeah you know what i mean so um you know, I struggle with that. You know, having that was gonna be my next question. How do you sometimes leave your artwork open for interpretation without leading? Like because your your own feelings and views. Sometimes you have to make pieces about things that you have to be un- unbiased about, and you want to kind of start. For us, we always say we never want to be the end of the conversation. We're more so looking to spark a conversation. So with that, some of our viewpoints have to be unbiased and. We have to just tell the truth as like members of like as broadcast journalists and, and p- me- members of the media. We just kind of even with our own perspectives and experiences and life experience, some things we have to just present as it is and leave it open for interpretation. How do you deal with that at that crossroad? Like, how do you put your personal feelings aside for stuff and just create the artwork in a way that is unbiased, unleading and just open to interpretation for those who are going to consume it? Well, I think for me. I'm particularly at an advantage with my work because most of my stuff comes from like real life experiences right so it's nothing that i'm it's not fictional to me it's like yo this is i'm taking a real life situation and creating a story out of it so that's where the unbiased come from like yo this really happened you know what i'm saying like i can't like of course it's not auto autobiographical or anything like that but it comes from a real situation so we could look at this real situation and the way that i like to shoot it is like yo like you don't you Hopefully you can't tell that these people are acting. So the story should impact you on that level to where it's like, damn, that really happened to somebody. You know what I mean? And then we can have the conversation about like why it happened. How could we change it? How can we like, you know, 
figure it out because I don't have the answers. I never presented it in the sense of like, yo, this is the answer. Like, this is what we need to do. I just tell the story. And then that's why I like to have screenings where we could open it up for discussion. Like, okay, what can we do about this? What is your perspective? What is that perspective? And a lot of people don't have the same perspectives, but at least now we're having the conversation because we watched the story just unfold. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I try to do it in that way, but you know, sometimes you don't succeed and sometimes you do, you know, you just got to do it. So makes sense. Um, what sparked the move, man? Like to Atlanta? Like what made that happen? Like Rose Productions has like migrated to Atlanta. It's now like headquartered in Atlanta. I guess it's safe to say. Um, I just wanted there. some. I just wanted a different experience. Like I felt like I'm born and raised in California. All I knew was California. Like I've never lived outside of California, and I was just getting so sick of being out here and like dealing with people. And like I, I felt like doors weren't opening for me here. So I'm like, all right, let me just. It was either between it was between Atlanta or New York for me. I really like New York. My personality more, is more suited for New York, but Atlanta is a lot going on, you know, in the black community as far as like the entertainment industry. So I was like, okay, well, let me just try it out. You know, this is not something permanent. I'll go out there see if I like it. And uh, yeah, I've been out there making connections. I, like you said, I booked a commercial. I've been just trying to just spread my wings and not be so callied out and not be so stuck in California, but being, I will say being in Atlanta and being in the South, it definitely made me appreciate California on a different level to where now I'm coming home. I'm like, yo, the first thing I want to do is like see my homies and see my family. It's like, I feel like I took that for granted being in California where I don't know anybody. I don't have any family. It's like, I've been on my own for the past three months. You know what I'm saying? So, um, have you started? Cause I, I left California early. Like we both did. I'm um, going to college and shit. Like we left California early and, have you um, started to encounter not only like that you don't appreciate your your friends and family, but you haven't appreciated L.A.? Yeah, 100%. Like, 100%. like I, when I travel or when I meet people and they or people that are transplanted here in L.A. and they're like, yeah, I'm from here and I left this place with like $13 in a backpack and I came here and now I work here. And I'm like, damn, like this is a place that it's enough opportunity here that people will up and leave their homes with like pocket change and right. come here and pursue a dream. And we'll sit here as people that are from L.A. and be like, you can't do nothing here. Ain't no opportunities. <laughs> like, yeah. you, like yeah. have, have we – not, that's not even to knock what you're saying. Like, because for you, I completely understand. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, it's giving yourself a better chance. It's not that you don't have a chance here. It's yeah. giving yourself a better chance. That's, that's different. But, like, there are people who are, like, just in L.A. and they like, man, I can't just – I just can't find a job or I can't do this. And it's like – there's people that move here with no navigation, no compass of this place, no familiarities of nothing. And they're like, no, nah, I got two jobs over here. Then I catch the train to this place. And I would be like, damn. Yeah. And the crazy you know how to catch the train? <laughs> <laughs> the crazy thing about what you're saying is like being in Atlanta, all of my friends, all of my creative friends, I would say, they all trying to get out here. And I'm like, huh? Like, I didn't understand it at first. I'm like, why would you want to go to California? Like, it's so fake. Like, da 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 da. Like, but then as I'm out there, I'm like, okay, it definitely feels like. And no offense to the South or anything like that, but for me, coming from California, it kind of felt like, yo, the South is like 30 years behind Cali. I'm like, yo, I feel like, yo, like, I'm in a different type of Did world. Did I just get the Lancaster, nigga? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what so it appreciate it, like, yo, like, dang, like, I didn't realize, like, how good I had it here. 
and not to say I don't have it good in Atlanta, but it was just like it made me appreciate family and friends of like yo just being i mean no offense to nobody like but la is a place you can do anything you want here at la at any moment like it's the snow it's the beach it's the city it's like you could be in every place you could be in miami you could be in new york you could be in fucking utah you could be in every place within two hours in la like that's just the reality of you could be a big bear downtown la you can fucking go to the mountains going up north you can go to the grapevine you can go to the motherfucking safaris in malibu like you can literally go any fucking place in L.A. And it's not till you leave this bitch that you, that you don't realize, like, damn, everything's shut down at 830 every place except for L.A. Yeah. And then the the biggest thing that I, that I experienced, and I didn't even expect to experience this, but, like, the value of, like, having, <laughs> and not to offend nobody, but, like, heterosexual friends. It's like, yo, being around y'all niggas today, I ain't been around a group of straight men. You act like it is just. Yo, like all my, no, and, no, and like, I, not to say, I, I I have gay friends, you know what I'm saying, in Atlanta, like the, some of the homies is gay, like that's cool if that's how y'all rock, but just being around straight men. It's I love how the I'm niggas cannot deal with homosexuality. Like, I'm it's like, that's straight. cool if that's what you want to do, no, but I'm not going to do it because I had a father in my life and he taught me to have, like, like have whoa, what, what the fuck? I have a question, like just this, we going to swing. Okay, I got gay homeboys if that's what you want to do. I'm just happy to be around. Around niggas that like women, nigga. Yeah, <laughs> like a women's. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's up. I like niggas that deliver about, like titties and vaginas, man. That shit is wild. Man, like, yeah, man. man, like you know, I'm all against rape culture, but I had to hear somebody oh, just disrespect some women real quick. Like, something like that. Wow. <laughs> is so that you? Nah, but that's it. yeah, oh, yeah, nah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. I, did you no, know? Yeah, let's not even say heterosexual friends because I don't even have a lot of friends. I don't have a lot of male friends. I was about to say you gonna lose your two friends. You got two gay friends oh, in Atlanta. Yeah, nah, shout out to my you got gay two homies. niggas that work at me. Mac. <laughs> shout out to the gay homies, but look, the gay homies, not just the homies, but the the gay homies. I don't want to group all my homies together. I like to keep my homies separate. Nah, but yeah, not even yeah, just just friends in general who you you know who you have a rapport with, who you rock with out there. It's like like I said, I'm by myself. I don't really know a lot of people. So yeah, man, I appreciate that y'all. Said, that's on booty. We man. appreciate you too, man. It's it's like um, especially how the, wait. How does the environment like? Sorry, I just thought about like I was thinking about this. Like you, you about to go somewhere? And I had one last serious thing. I was. Oh no, to it's get. it's it's serious. It's not like it's not a joke. You about to uh, you about to ask about gay people putting shit on dicks? Oh no, I, I wasn't gonna say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's I mean, hey man, look, shout out to your friends. They be putting shit on dicks. They putting themselves on dicks. Oh but my god, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't where I was going. I was just saying like, if you look at like like gay niggas being an argument, like I put that on my booty, nigga. Yeah, nigga I, I put, put that on my booty, yeah, nigga. nigga. I put that on anus, nigga. Like that's all that on anus. Bro, that's all sphincter now. Like, <laughs> hey, you're sick. It's a bunch of gay niggas. Like I put that on my femininity, nigga. Yeah, I put that on my femininity, nigga. Nah, that's the Stroke thing. Dog, a lot of gay nigga. niggas out there, they don't be feminine. Maybe like you know, maybe you know. You scared they gonna run up on you? Nah, I'm not. He scared. said he was in traffic yeah, and a nigga already pulled up on him. He's like, hey, like, you I see jail, you. Nigga. Nah, there's no, there's Look. no fear. There's just Lennox Mall. Know. Lennox Mall is like it's a bunch these. of Damons walking around. Damon, Damons. <laughs> Damn it, phone books. Nah, but I will say that the dope thing about Atlanta is like it's 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 a lot of black people. It's a lot of black culture. Yeah, out there. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, cool. Everywhere you go, bro, like here, TJ's it's like, gonna have a serious moment. People, let's yeah, stop. let's here, let them have it. In California, oh, not, I feel like the black population is like spread out, but like in Atlanta, bro, you any everywhere you go, bro, you are gonna see black people. Like I love that. Yeah, like I don't know, like. I'm not a filmmaker or like a musician, but like when you see, when you hear music artists, you can tell when they've gone to a different area and how it affects their music. How does like a different area affect, or does it have an effect on filmmaking? Like, yeah, bro. Honestly, this is gonna sound ignorant, but like, 
when I first got there, I was like, oh shit, like I only see this stuff in slave movies. You know what I'm saying? Like that sounds ignorant, but that was really my my thought process. I was like, yo, this gave me a like, oh, I I never understood like how slave movies were made, but like now I like when I'm in that environment, I'm like, oh shit, like That's I never terrible looked, I they're... never thought I could like make a slave I, movie. I understand what you're saying. I feel like I understand what you're saying, but I, I understand why it's so fucked up. I, You've never seen black people coexist in a community? Like just is No, 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 just the like landscape. Oh, the, the landscape. landscape. I thought, thought no, niggas no, talking no, about no, like no, the community no, of black no, people. No, no, black no, people. No, no. I was like, God damn, like, nigga, like so many like times you've seen black camaraderie and slavery? No, like you was like, nah, like it felt like Rosewood. Like just niggas was picking cotton when I got off the plane and shit. Like it well, just no, felt I'm, good. I'm, I'm assuming he says he's something like if you're going on like a road trip and you can literally see. Hey nigga, that's cotton. Like that's really a cotton field. Like yo, like bro, where I was staying at, it literally said such and such plantation, my nigga. You don't see that here yeah. i'm like yo is this a real plantation like, no that, that'll land, be really so uncomfortable if it was a plantation next to a mall in la like bro, could you imagine going like to that. next to the beverly no. center and seeing like a plantation it's like that no like, I, bro yeah, it's like yo it just it, it's surreal it's like oh shit like my I've never been around this before i always see this still on movies the plantation that like my great-grandfather was a white man mm -hmm. still they like my that plantation is still in my family like the plantation right. that he owned as a white man is still in my family like you can right. go back and, and i've never seen that in person before like, no yeah it's a fucked up thing to see like that's a, I mean, that's a privileged life when you've never seen that in person. So like, let's not it, complain about it. Let, let me say this: it, it, it didn't hit me till yesterday. I was talking to my homegirl, and we was going back and forth about like, oh, Atlanta is being so like it's so beautiful, it's so many trees. And then she was like, yeah, but like once you realize that our ancestors was hung, hung from, from those trees, yeah. they put. It, it, I was like, oh, sh I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, like, it's a beautiful tree. It's terrible that my grandfather was an ornament on that motherfucker. Yeah, bro, like, like, yeah, that's, that's a fucked kind, up that's life. The kind of vibe yeah. it is. It's like okay. Yeah, it's kind of like. Now that that's a real fucked up like can you imagine that like you want to buy a house and put a tire swing but you like what the fuck has swung from this tree before I'm putting a tire swing here for my right. 7 year old like yeah. that's yeah that's a that's a fucked up reality and that is one that's like um I guess that I could like I fucking left California at 17 years old and moved to Mississippi like mm. so yeah the idea of that like 17 years old by myself like for college I moved playing football and just completely oblivious moving out like a LA I'm from Compton my first my first experience with white people outside of my parents was like 9th ninth, 10th grade like where I dealt with white people independently like where I had to encounter a white person and my parents weren't within a stone's throw of me like my first time was fucking high school so you can imagine within the first five years of it dealing with people white people basically independently I'm sent to fucking Mississippi like with the blinders of like I'm just going to be an athlete like having that on and not understanding like the lifestyle and the culture and getting down there and realizing like damn I don't even fucking like white people like <laughs> no and that's not being funny that was like but I that was something I had to later on dig through and kind of figure out why like yeah. why do you and like for me it was because my whole life I've never dealt with them out for for the at that up to that point my whole life I had never dealt with white people outside of an authoritative position, outside of them trying to tell me what to do. I had never built any rapport with white people. Growing up, my youth football coaches and my youth basketball coaches were my father and people that looked like my father and looked like me and my mother. These were the people that were raising me my whole life was black people. So my only encounters with white people were the police. So the first time that like I got to the South, seeing, um, it, like encountering white people that didn't even have to like, act as if I was equal to them or like it was no shame in not act or not identifying me as an equal or treating me civil right. 
Right. Like, that shit threw me for a fucking loop. And I think that's the shit where people came home, like, did you get a culture shock? Like, I didn't really fucking understand what it meant, like, when I was visiting. Like, when I would go visit the school before I, like, fully enrolled and moved down there, I didn't sense the culture shock. Like, I didn't get no culture shock from it. I guess, like, again, I had blinders on of, like, I'm going down here to do something. Not understanding I would have to spend three years, three to four years of my life down there in this environment. And it wasn't until I got there that I realized, like, oh, fuck, this is what everybody's been saying. Mm -hmm. And then... um going from there to Grambling, a historical black college in an area that's predominantly black, everybody I'm seeing in power is black, the affluent people are black, the uh, the presidents, the doctors, everybody in my community is black and they're all willing to teach and give and love me in a different way. Like in that moment, that's when I understood like, oh shit, like this is culture shock. Like this is the difference in culture. Like this is like, this is us. Like how did, did have you had that encounter yet? I guess like, I don't know, like, has that been there for you yet? Like the encounter of, um, I guess culture shock, not just culture shock, but like it's white people. Yeah, it's a culture shock, but a change or an understanding of the differences in like white people here and there, and even black people here and there. Like dealing with black people in other places, I would be like, why are y'all putting like they 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 treated, you know, they would white people would come in the room and you would see like the. The shrinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here like, I'm not. Fuck that white woman. My money spent like hers. But like, other people, hey, chill out, bro. Chill out. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm from L.A., bro. I don't know shrinking when white people come in the room. Yeah. Like, have you had these experiences yet? I haven't. Honestly, I haven't encountered many white people. Like I said, like a lot of, I see a lot of black people. And I don't really, I haven't really, I mean, granted, I've only been there a few months. So I haven't really encountered a lot of white people. Besides, like, my agents and stuff like that. But they've showed love, so it's, it hasn't been that. The culture shock has been with black people. It's just, like, I'm still I'm trying to... negative? I don't know. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because... Mm, okay. Like, I'm so... I feel like I've been in California for so long. There's a certain way that I talk, and there's a certain way that I move. Like, certain shit that I say to y'all, y'all not going to get offended because y'all know where I'm coming from like y'all not gonna think I'm aggressive but in California I mean but in 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 Georgia I've had people tell me that I'm aggressive like like chill out like and I'm just like huh like I'm the least aggressive I'd be feeling like I'm the least aggressive one I remember but, having that in school like really when we was in Graham like you would have people from various southern states but they would do shit that I'm not used to out here like simply wave mm-hmm. or like be be like forthcoming with talking and out here, I really wasn't used to it unless I know you. Like, I'll be kind of, like, trying to survey the room first. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have a lot of that. So that Southern right. hospitality was, was even something I had to get used to. Yeah, Southern hospitality, too. But I came in with this ball of energy. Like, yo, I'm th- I heard yeah, and so I think, much about. I think a lot of that is that right there. Like, L.A., how we move, everything is so fast-paced. Like, exactly. how we consume things, how we do things, how how quick things can become old here and cycle out in L.A. is faster than anywhere or, like, amongst the fastest places um that there are like what's cool here is cool quick and like by the time it trickles to atlanta la's probably over it and sending the next thing down and to that's atlanta why i said it feel like it's 30 years behind because i'm like yo but that's also why they might make feel like you're moving aggressive or you're aggressive is because you, you're moving you moving yeah. you're moving and it's slow like it's the south everybody chilling they don't understand they like are. we ain't in no rush what you what you rushing for that's the biggest thing i had yeah. to adjust to and i mm-hmm. i that was a that was the culture shock for me because i'm thinking 
I I'm I had the opposite thought. I'm thinking Atlanta was booming. Everybody was telling me Atlanta was booming. Like this is where it's sad people shooting. So I came with this with this energy. Like let's get it. Like like I'm trying to meet everybody, bro. But the people were like people were reluctant to like meet up with me. When I was like, what? Like yo, let's let's connect. I'm trying to connect, and people were like, but we do that in time. LA. Like I think the reason for that in LA is because LA is so fucking big. Like you you can really be in this town with somebody for years and be like, damn, you live down you live around here. Like now, my grandmother lived right around the corner. I've never seen you in my life. Right. You'd be like, nah, I've been living there for 30 years. You'd be like, huh? Yeah. And then it's like in Atlanta, I think Atlanta's so small, everybody see everybody. Like the rappers and people say, like, nigga, we all live in Atlanta. I'm gonna see you. Like, I think Atlanta's really that small where somebody like, if you're doing this, we gonna see each other eventually. You don't have to rush to be like, let's do lunch. Yeah. LA, you gotta tell somebody, like, let's let's do lunch. When you free, let's go to brunch, let's meet at the Grove. I got like, come on, let's go to San the, the Pier or something. Let's discuss this shit. Yeah. I think Atlanta is so small, and I think in the South in general, like it's just so small, people be like, I'm gonna run into you. Like, I ain't yeah, nah, we ain't gotta like press my, and rush. My first week there, I was trying to set shit up for every day. I wanted something to do every day. Like, like less I'm trying to be productive. And then people are kind of like, yo, relax. Like, I don't even know you. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm trying to connect is, and you worried about if you know me or not. That like, is like the difference of energy between places because like here everything like you said everything in LA is really it sounds like cliche like it's fast paced but LA is like a like us and I would say like places you think about like like New York like if you're not ready to get it right now the opportunity will fucking miss you because mm -hmm. there's four billion motherfuckers here trying to do the same thing mm -hmm. like you I've like you know, we've watched your stuff, you know, we've been paid, paid attention that, you know, you have good material. So I ain't just saying shit to say it, but. Be donating to the nigga crowd funds and hey, shit. Yeah, hey, nigga won't even tune in. But no, like, so I, I, bitch, could, I could say with confidence least, that you have, like, good work, you make good material, but you see, it's 50 motherfuckers out here like, so I set up my YouTube page the other day, but you gotta, but you gotta really compete. It's fucked up. You gotta compete with that motherfucker yeah. knowing good and well. That motherfucker did what we did. Like, he set up his phone and was like, I have a story to tell. But yeah. somehow that's a filmmaker. Right. Yeah. And in Atlanta, and not to say, I wouldn't say that Atlanta, you might have to compete, but I think their community is just, we're like, we can, you can make it here and nobody, know, nobody nowhere else will know you. But like, I think, um, fuck, I should be, um, Dro said that one time. Dro was like, there, it was an interview Dro had and it was talking about like, why are you not like as big as T.I.? And he was like, I could be probably, but he goes, I live in Atlanta, and he goes, I know I can always eat in my own backyard, so my motivation to move like that is un I don't have it, because I know I could drop this mixtape, these couple songs, and I feel like I, I'm, I'm assuming that that mode translates to a lot of other art forms. You're like, I could drop a couple movies and like, um, like fucking Luke, Pablo Hernandez, whatever. He dropped the oh, movie. He dropped, yeah, yeah, but he dropped the Salt Life shit. But you can, I feel like you can maybe do that in Florida. And as long as you boom in there, in LA, it's like you have to boom here and nationally, like off rip. You well, gotta I think, boom I think, no, world. I think what happens is when you boom in LA, there's a national, there's a part of like the world here. Like there's a part of like the machine that pedals the world's entertainment. There's a part of that that's stationary here in LA. So you have to compete with blowing up against that machine and blowing up against the local machine. If that, if like they're importing talent to blow up in LA, and then there's homegrown talent blowing up in LA at the same time, the importing of talent to Atlanta has just started. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's all homegrown shit. So it's basically like when you see like Bollywood movies and shit. Yeah, the reason why they sell a billion movies, and I mean they sell a million copies of their movies, and you've never heard of them is because it's a billion people in India, and it's just all of them feeding off of all of them. When you which when you come in with that outside it, blueprint, folks. Yeah, like Atlanta, right? <laughs> For a place like Atlanta, when they hear somebody like LA, you you somebody who come from LA and you got five projects done in Los Angeles, and then you move to little old Atlanta, they like, why are you going from being 
the regular sized fish in the big pond. Now you coming down to little little old Atlanta with your LA fame and your LA uh, fan base and your LA marketing, and you gonna move to Atlanta with your five LA movies and come dominate <laughs> this market. People kind of like, yo, fuck you. Like yeah, I thought I was going to come and kill it. I was come like, come down here with your LA <laughs> fan base. Yeah. Well, I thought, I thought, the, I thought the opposite. I'm thinking, y'all, I was going to come from LA. People was going to want to work with me. I'm he was like, going to be like, oh, you black. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. like, yo, we all, we about, nah. I'm about to kill Atlanta. Nah. It's, I think it's still, like, I think it's still like two layers to it. I think it's, once you surpass racism, I think it's an internal thing that I think is based on classism. Mm -hmm. And it's based on the idea of like, you're coming from where we're all striving to get to. What do you feel like about you? Because our insecurities are telling us that you are this thing that when I get to LA, I plan on like being putting on shades and not talking to people and walking down Rodeo and Melrose and you've done all that already. So like, how do you feel about yourself? Like you probably somebody who won't even talk to little old me. So I shun you before you shun me. Right. Like sometimes you do that out of your own insecurities. It's like, you won't even like, just yeah, you won't approach a situation because you fear that situation. But the situation, you know, like it's just it's just that. And I think I think a misinterpretation of culture too. Like how I said, like the southern hospitality thing. I some I remember I used to take that as like what the fuck this motherfucker trying to do. Like, cause I've never really had anybody out here. Like, go, hey man, how's it going? I don't know you, my yeah. nigga. Like, what are you? Like, what people do you, you don't want? know inviting you to barbecues. Like, y'all want to come eat? You be like, nah. Yeah, like, you go. Like, like, I used to be like, you gonna put something nigga, in my food and rape me? Like, it's just weird. No, that's always the biggest consequence. Like, you know, you don't want to be. That's the biggest vulnerability. Like, yo, exactly. Like, I had. You can fuck me. I was completely. I had no fight in me. Yeah. Like I had to learn to get to understand. So people would see me, and I would have like a like I'm pretty chill, nigga. But like my face would always be like. You know, like everybody, everybody. got like, rested nigga face. Yeah, like I would, like I had a lot. I had more than a few people go like, "You look like you was really." I'm like, I'm really going to class. Yeah, right. but they weren't used to that, so I feel like sometimes we might give off. I don't know if it's a city energy, if it's LA energy, like the hustle and bustle. Because I've seen, like, I've talked to people from New York. They have it too. It's like a very like you got to just finna go there. Yeah, I was so they just finna go there. Energy and think nah, that it's just minding your fucking business. It's minding your fucking business. It's, and I didn't realize until I went to a place that people mind a fucking business more than we mind our business. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm from like, all right, so I'm like, I'm from Compton. So it's like, we mind our fucking business anytime we go anywhere else. It's like, yo, I'm going to LA, I'm on the train, I'm gonna mind my fucking business. I got to New York City and it wasn't until like, I was the motherfucker that wanted people to talk to me and I wanted attention that I realized like, Niggas not being rude. They just minding their fucking business. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody got time. Like, it's a city where people going, like I just said about LA, we always going and always moving. I don't really have time to, like, be your friend, like, mm -hmm. right now. Like, if somebody in LA walk up to you in downtown LA and ask you for directions, you're going to come off like the most, like the most serious asshole in the world because you don't have time. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm not even in the fucking mindset. Somebody, that shit happened to me today. I went downtown. Today is, like, the, the day of Nipsey Hussle's, um, memorial and ongoing homegoing service um but like this shit happened i was in downtown la today and i had just got off the fucking train because i didn't want to drive and deal with the parking and shit so and i always just ride the train the train is relaxing me public transportation i don't know why that's a conversation for later but uh <laughs> being poor is relaxing to me i don't i don't know like living a life without a car it just makes me feel so good but hey um, new york right i mm. fucking get up that's why i'm saying i love new york but i get off the subway and a mother, I got off the red line, and like a motherfucker walked up to me. He was like, "Hey man, do you know what street we on?" He's like, "Are you from around here?" I'm like, "Yeah." Do you know what street we on? I'm like, "The fuck?" Like a street. I was like, "He's like, I'm not I from around here." I'm just like, "Yeah." By proxy. Yeah, like he was like the fucking street side. Exactly. Like, we were sitting on the literal corner of like Seventh and Fig, 
and it was just like, yo, bro, look the fuck up. But I had to realize, like, I don't know where they put street signs in other cities or wherever the fuck this guy is from. Right. So this motherfucker probably has no clue where to look. He probably looking on the ground at the curb and shit. Like, in New Hampshire, they put him down here. So I'm going to check. And, like, I just got so irritated. But I'm like, that's what makes. And I wasn't even mad at the moment. I was truly, like, in a good mood and everything. But I was like. I just wasn't even thinking about you. Like, I was minding my business so fucking much that I looked like a dick turning around going, huh? What the fuck? Uh, wait, what? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, seventh to Figueroa, man. Sign right there. Right. Like, that came off like like some dick shit. And it's just like, you ever realize that maybe sometimes you just are coming off like in a- Yeah, nah, I've dealt- The I've LA been, and you were shining through. Yeah, nah, Atlanta. I've definitely, like, no joke. Like, I've been, like, doing some self-reflecting. Like, yo, it's so many people saying this about me. Maybe it's me. Like, maybe I'm- Because I was like, yo, Good people, in, people in Georgia are fucking tripping. Y'all weird. Like, I was, like, putting it all on them. But I was like, yo, maybe it's the way that I'm communicating. Like, and then I, I've had sit-downs with multiple people- and like we've broken it down, the miscommunication, like why why is there a miscommunication? And she's like, okay, this is what I said this, but I meant this. And I'm like, okay, well, you said that. To me, that meant this, like that's common sense to me. So I, it's just this lack of miscommunication, lack of communication, I don't know what the fuck you call it, but I'm just like, our brain I think just, it's a difference in communication. Like yeah. I, that's one thing that I like had went through for a while was understanding the power in vocabulary mm-hmm. and like how just different words have different meanings to people just through experience and just a bunch of, of a bunch of varying things, like there's a bunch of variables that go into people's communication and vocabulary mm-hmm. sometimes. It's just the understanding of like a facial expression and huh, what, like I despise people saying what to me. Like I despise people saying what, like if, if I'm just like, I would rather you say huh, excuse me, like any anything other than what? Like it just, to me, that's you giving me the most, like the terriblest attitude to say what to me mm-hmm. if I'm saying, and like I had to realize that for some people that's really not that big of a deal to them. Like mm-hmm. it's really the fuck not like, and I have tendencies to me that are like, I'm like, yeah, I really be like, I'm a terrible friend in the sense of like, I'm not a person that has to communicate with you all the fucking time. Like, mm-hmm. you can be my best fucking friend and I cannot talk to you for like days and shit. And it really can be on some shit like, not for no reason, not for no nothing. It's just like, that's how I operate. And when I pop up, I'm gonna feel like we've been talking every day. Uh, at least that's how I'm gonna interact. And I've had people be like, mm, you just not gonna talk to me for th- uh, two weeks and then just pop the fuck back up. And I'm like, yeah. People underestimate the power of me time. Ah, like I don't, I don't be doing shit. I really just like being on my motherfucking self. Or <laughs> like people, yeah, like I'm, I'm big on that. But I like, I hate when people start these weird relationships where it's kind of like, you, you are like expressing understanding for like, yeah, you know, just the one side of shit. Basically, what I'm saying. But anyway, yeah, like that is some shit that's real, bro. Like the fucking understanding yourself and taking that accountability sometimes, the understanding like the power in vocabulary and the power and the differences in that shit. It's really serious. Like it's a, like for you, I can imagine like it's hard to like date someone and try to do that. Like dating one person, can you imagine like dating a city of motherfuckers? Like you have to, you have to essentially date Atlanta, nigga, because you have to like get acquainted with her and the communication and the temperament and the like the dark side and the happy side of it. Like that shit is like dating a whole fucking city. Right. It's like dating a bitch with like ten million kids. I will say that's another part of the culture shock, like the whole dating scene. Like, I mean, uh, granted, I didn't go to Atlanta to date, but like in L.A. You live your life. You know what I'm saying? You went, like, you went to Atlanta to live. Yeah. And so then, you know, I feel living. like there's a difference in culture of like just, I don't know. Niggas keep piling at you. No, not even niggas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No. We circle back. We circle back. <laughs> I see what we did. <laughs> it's a bunch of dick DMs, man. Keep hey, it's a <laughs> 
It's niggas. Hey, listen. Get messages from niggas in panties, man. This shit is uncomfortable. <laughs> niggas in panties. Oh man, nah. He said niggas in panties. Oh man. Or you can get this rhinestone <laughs> jockstrap right. running up on me, bro. Like. <laughs> That's funny. Nigga asked me, I want to be a mankini model. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Mm. <laughs> Some of this shit must have happened to him because he's really uncomfortable. Yeah, not, he like stay uh, away from those jokes. Uh, he like, ah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this will like, resurface in ten years. <laughs> oh yeah, you be like, I you said. be trying to host the Oscars and shit. <laughs> they be like, maybe you Kevin made that <laughs> right there. They go, Kevin. Kevin Hartman. Gay niggas can't funny. laugh at fucking rhinestone jockstrap. I thought that was funny. Yeah, nah, they don't like that. Nah, that was funny. It was. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna laugh. Nah, I'm I'm good. Uh, I've done other shit in my life that I know the Illuminati not gonna let me get too famous for. Mm. So I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm not really too concerned about the LGBT BBQ community coming. Out. <laughs> yes. And I'm not saying it to be offensive, but like, ask some niggas anything about the Black Panthers. What are they gonna know? Who oh. the fuck? Yeah, oh, that's some real shit. Oh, like yeah, as far as worried about the Illuminati or whatever, like I'm not really worried about like none of that. Really? I just. I mean, not really. Like, what the fuck am I? I got unpaid parking tickets, man. I yeah, ain't, see, I like, ain't I, fucking with the Illuminati. I'm not fucking with them, but I just feel like what they fucking. With I ain't them? doing nothing real in my life, but that's how that's how petty I feel about the Illuminati. Like they'll come get a nigga behind some parking tickets. They be like, that nigga's on extension on his water bill. Let's take him down. I don't know. I've had a pretty inspiring day outside of like Bro. Fox News correspondence. Like, yo, Fox <laughs> Eleven News. Okay, so like we talked about today, the Nipsey Hussle Memorial is April 11th. Um, Fox Eleven News, fucking. Throw the whole station in the trash. That shit was the worst fucking newscast. I forget, listening to I these people. Old girl's name at the end though. She was she was killed. Yeah, they found they found a black person. She wasn't Her nowhere. And they, old boy that was standing over there by. Uh, I don't know who he, he was. A black man. Yeah. Them two. Them two though. The two oh. black correspondents. I don't know who it was, <laughs> but the white man that was standing in front of Marathon Store. His his. His dick was inside his stomach. He was so nervous. Like his balls <laughs> just went up into his intestines. He was so well, goddamn nervous. A balloon popped, guys. Yeah, he was. Uh, 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 everybody went into panic mode, and um, crowds started rushing. Who um, that bitch was in that like, velvet coat? She was like, you know, tell him, you know, what's your favorite song? Keep it clean. I was like, suck that bitch, bro. Like, yeah. fuck you talking Mind about? you, she's talking to a nine-year-old. Like, oh, why are you asking nine-year-olds yeah. what's their favorite like, rap lyrics? She gonna get her a whoop, and her up. granny right here. Right. I was waiting for that guy. Nothing like you rap niggas. <laughs> Say that shit. Fuck her. That's like, funny. God damn, you ask a seven-year-old, like, what's your favorite Nipsey Hussle song? Like, you're there in a suede blazer gonna tell you to fucking quiet down. Fuck hey, her. Motherfucker, I can't tell you what's my favorite song. You got me on the goddamn news. How you gonna ask a seven-year-old? Dick. You got me fucked up, dumbass. Sing some of the lyrics. I, uh, uh, last time that I checked, uh, yeah. <laughs> I ain't nothing like you rap Fuck niggas. Donald Victory Trump. lap. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Man. Like, yeah, the fuck kind of shit is that? That was the worst shit ever. I, I got so angry about that. Yeah, they were dicks, but... Yeah, no, I ad-libbed for an hour. I was just sitting here commentating. Like, I was talking back to the screen and very upset and angry about that. Yeah, they're the only things that made it, whatever. Everything else, though, like, was... Everything else is beautiful. Like, yeah. the black camaraderie, I don't know. I stopped watching it before I think they finished it, so I don't know if it went bad, but... No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep it in my heart. Like, the shit went good and stay good, because it was just... It was just beautiful. Yeah, it like really I don't was. think I've seen... I saw, and I've seen enough people, like, post this. I don't think in my fucking lifetime I've seen anything this... Fucking, maj- I don't know, like majestic in the city. Like it shouldn't have took. Obviously, you don't want it to take somebody's like passing, but 
This shit was wild, bro. Like I'm not gonna hold you up. LA can't sustain black people just doing that on the regular for no reason. I mean, not on. I mean, I'm not saying like, it's not something that I would want to happen on the regular. No, I mean like even like, if I even if we was gonna have like black fest every every like once every quarter, like the city of LA would break if that many black people. No, not like that. Yeah, like that's not like that. But I'm that's just way saying too like much. no, no, no. I would, I'm not saying something that like could happen, but just for somebody to bring that about, like I was just like, this is no. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying it in a negative way. Like that's what I'm saying. Like it would oh, no. the city would just break if, they, if that much black camaraderie happened too much too often like the city would just break like oh, if that's i mean police wouldn't even have nothing nah, to fuck with niggas I'm, about like you I'm just the, the city the would break like it's uh, just that's the case i'm the wrong nigga to break this motherfucking half then. oh no no i'm yeah. i'm all for it i'm just saying yeah, nigga. like they won't allow pieces. it like they yeah. i don't think that yeah, was just fuck they like I'm about now. The like, police is at a, the police is at a period. The police realize today how much of a disadvantage they are at. Yeah, if I'm ever like, like we just decide to try. stop, fuck, nigga, it got so bad that the police like was just letting niggas stand on they the cars. Was, it was like niggas not, was just standing was on police cars, not on regular on cars. cars. They were just standing on police cars. The police officers was like, nigga, what are we gonna do? We fuck with one of them. We outnumber. It's on fifty thousand niggas on I the street. I watched the nigga go spray nips on the side of Yo, a fucking car. Yo, we watched the nigga spray the shit on the side of a squad car. Like we know, an active squad car because the shit was in the middle of the street, and he was just hitting that bitch up with Nipsey. Like, yeah, yo. Like honestly, that shit was beautiful. Like it was. Yeah, that was some. But like the city, I, I just don't. The city wouldn't know what to do. Like the city would just start blowing up donut shops and liquor stores, just like to spark some type. I don't. It just yeah. Like I don't know. Off the back of that last episode we did, like police would lose their mind. It was dope seeing like a bajillion people go. It was dope seeing us remember him in the way that he wanted us to. Exactly. He told us when I go to ride for me, and I feel like we did that in the truest fashion, even to the point where you see his family embrace the city enough to go around twice and go around the route twice. Mm -hmm. I think it's just because you felt that outpouring of love and it's just like you realize in that moment you lost so much but you realize like what like where it all went. You realize where it was all invested in where it was invested in who it was invested in too. And I think in that moment you don't want to let that go. Like you don't like this is it's kind of like winning the Super Bowl. I guess in a sense if we speaking of like a celebration of life for him. It's kind of like you win the Super Bowl. It's like you went through the work of like how much you lost to get to this point and it's kind of like you seeing like what all that went into and i guess that's the people of los angeles flooding into the streets yep like stopping traffic like the city of los angeles the set one like one of the biggest metropolitan cities in the world stopped today for a person and i think that truly shows the power of one individual when you stop one of the busiest places in the world in your name like that's that's what i like like i appreciate like the energy that was put out there and that you know what can one motherfucker do that that. They could do that right there. Stop the whole city, <laughs> black, brown, police, everything. Like, yeah, and right. people and people consistently like his like. First of all, I was a person like as a fan, was sitting up here trying to be bummed out. I watched that nigga's mom and like family get up there and like one, not even just grace. They was peacefully like one. That woman has hit a level of. I think I like to think I'm kind of a spiritual nigga. She has hit so, a level that uh, I don't. Angela Bassett in Black Panther is based off her. I'm dead, bruh. Cause she hit some shit. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna just have a. I can, I'm I, I'm obligated to have a really good day. And like everybody up there was like continue con- just a, a whole f- slew of continue his work. People up here post, we will continue this. And like like I always say, like intangible ways, like not just posts, not just likes and like cool ass t-shirts. So I don't know. This shit feel like a good ass wave. And I'm now excited to see like, hey, niggas might go fuck, we might fuck around and do some shit. Big facts. Big big facts. You got anything you want to throw into that? I know you're ATLian now, but nah, nah. I mean, you know everything. To piggyback off what y'all said, 
I mean, I got comforted in it when I when I saw his mother did an interview the other day and just her her whole take on death. You know, I've been really struggling. I mean, not to get too you know sad no, about I it. I get it out real quick, just, man. You know, I've been struggling with the whole concept of like death, and it had me even question like, you know, my beliefs. Just seeing what happened to him. So you know, hearing her talk, it really put some things in perspective for me. So that's the biggest takeaway that I that I took away from it. Just his mother and her strength. That I've never seen anything like that. Like, I, that's a that's next level spirituality type shit. Without so. a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, yeah, that woman is truly rooted in in, in some strength that is unparalleled. Um, I guess it kind of sucks to say, like, when you talk about that and you talk about Nipsey this week, you kind of have to talk about like Kodak Black, and it's just like for a second because. I'm not one to throw young black man in the trash. I'm not one to throw black man in the trash at all, but I'm I'm going to set that nigga next to the recycle bin. Um, <laughs> like, nigga got to, he got to get out the house. We're going to put him in the bag and tie the top of it. We ain't going to throw him in the trash yet, but we're going to set this nigga next to the recycle bin. Oh, um, like, uh, I, I, everybody knows Kodak Black and his actions this week. Uh... I don't have any bail to shoot for that. Nah, we're not shooting no bail. Like, you got to kind of take that one on the chin, my G. Um, you know, I look at him as, like, you see a lot of, like, older dudes talking to him, and you see, like, like, it is a testament, like, when you look at how, say, Nip move or your favorite artist move, like, they move like you had, I guess it's a testament to, like, somebody before you that you, like, harken back to. Like, I take, I take advantage, like, not take advantage of, I take sometimes for granted that I have uncles and a dad or quote-unquote OGs, like, that can tell you, like, you're moving in a really goofy fucking way. Like, everybody's thing about Kodak is, like, he's young with money. I'm like, I get it, but, like, there should be, like, a It's a an thing. integrity that you hold about yourself, man. It's it's just, it's an integrity that you hold about yourself, and maybe that's just me. Like, I was raised by people from a certain walk of life that, that later that. on conformed to society's norms and led a regular lifestyle. Um, but they, they still walk that regular lifestyle with certain... Um, a code, tangible moral yes. codes, like certain things you could see, certain things were exuded by them, certain respects were given just because you just you didn't even you didn't carry yourself in a way that would welcome an energy that you didn't want around you in any kind of way. And I think you don't have to worry about people trying to chastise you in a certain type of manner when you carry yourself with a certain type of respect and more morality and a certain type of dignity. I think a lot of the reasons that Kodak run into a, uh, the type of problems that he runs into is just Bring that energy. You, you exactly you walk around with that energy, and that's something that at a point in my life, like I I've been a person that walked around with that energy and realized that a lot of fucking conflicts came with that, like a lot of shit. And just as my friends and people that know me, like they can attest to that. Romel's been out with me. It was times when Romel and I wouldn't go out because it's just like the way it was just like certain things I, w I was just the temperament of me my energy that I was carrying wasn't allowing for me to like not be this asshole and this seriousness all the time and that was one thing that was just conflicting is like you go around people who don't have that energy and you look like a dickhead like, <laughs> that's the reality of it I guess is what I'm saying because like I've been the dickhead I've been the nigga that's like your energy is completely contrasting to everybody that's trying to have fun you're the only nigga in the bar looking for somebody that's bumping shoulders with people and everybody else is trying to get a drink. Like, you you come off as a dickhead. You look like the asshole in the room. You wonder why you go home like, nigga, it wasn't no bitches here. It wasn't no this here. It wasn't, well, nobody wants to talk to you because you look like you, you just, you just look like it. You just look like it. Right. Yeah. So, I think Kodak welcomes a lot of shit in his life. And then on top of that, 
Nigga just look like a creep, man. Did y'all see the fucking video? <laughs> Fuck that shit, man. This nigga, did y'all see the video where he was like in some island and like a white girl walked up to him and was like, oh my gosh, you Kodak? Yeah. And he was just like, eh, eh, yeah, yeah. I'm Kodak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you can give me a hug. Like, it was just kind of like, it's a little rapey, nigga. Like, weirdo. yeah, yeah, yeah it's very like, rapey. It's weird. It's, he does weird shit, and it's like, bro. like He looked like the type of nigga that'll steal free shit. Like, so you know he'll rape a bitch. Like, that to me, you know he'll rape a woman because he look like he steal free stuff. Yeah, like with his so, with his ensuing still shit stuff. still in the in the air. <laughs> like, yeah, like in my head, you could be there though. wanting to fuck him, and Kodak could still find some way to make you be like, "Yeah, I didn't like that." Yeah, that was uncomfortable. Right. That wasn't supposed to happen like that, Kodak. Like, he just seemed like that type of nigga, bro. And it's not like to be offensive, but it's kind of like what he gonna really do except get online and get mad about it. Nah, you know, I mean. That's that's the same thing about the energy of welcoming problems. It's I'm not like welcoming the, it. I'm the just idea not. of like there's not people that will get offended and possible repercussions to what you're saying, even if I'm not worried about the repercussions. It's still of some all shit. the offensive things I said, I'm not gonna worry about offending Kodak. Nah, right. it ain't offending Kodak. Sometimes, I, <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, to, shout out to Taxstone. Taxstone used to say sometimes niggas be wanting to die, but they don't be wanting to commit suicide, so they be wanting <laughs> to kill them. I'm trying to avoid Like I don't want to It's not even a, I don't think nobody pussy I don't think I'm gangster No shit like that I just know what I do To protect myself So it's like I don't want to even Welcome problems To where I might have To protect myself I don't want no problems I don't yeah. want no smoke But like so, if you do some I gotta live, shit I, I, I gotta, gotta tell platform, yeah, you I gotta, do some stupid shit I gotta live my truth I'm not gonna shit. say It's some stupid shit I'm just gonna say It's some shit I just feel like Wasn't enlightened And it wasn't smart I In my opinion I am saying to Kodak Black You did some stupid shit Yeah man you, stupid you know, just Never argue with a fool Because people from a distance Will never tell who's who you can call Kodak stupid. He gonna get on live, and then you gonna want to next week talk about some Kodak. But oh, I'm no, just saying, you know, I just no, think Kodak. I'm st- you st- like you stupid, and that's it. Like you can nah. go back and forth for me though. But like, yeah, I'm, I said yeah, I said. no, I was gonna say you can go back if Co- not Kodak back responds to you. I'm gonna put your integrity on the line and tell you you gotta respond back for the podcast. He's yeah. still stupid. Um, <laughs> like what you did was stupid. Like he could he could get up there and tell me like no, a it's new not theory even of stupid. Nah, physics. nah, like, I'm not even I'm not even gonna go with the stupid thing no more, bro. Like because when I say like for to me when I think people. To me, sometimes we chop stupidity up to a moment. And I don't think Kodak stupidity is a moment, my nigga. I think you live in it. So to me, that's not stupidity. Like, that's a level of ignorance because you you have... In, that, that That's in the colloquial term. Like, in, as, a, as a term... I, I'm not going to say stupid. Stupid is a moment. Like, I do stupid shit in moments. Like, no, I fuck ignorance that. is when you didn't know. Like, like, how they say ignorance That's why I say in the colloquial terms. Like, when somebody's oh. like, you are ignorant I'm thinking it's, I'm thinking it's stupid because like, I think... Like, you can't... You're a grown-up. Like, at some point, you, what you're saying... It was niggas around him who came from his environment. No, no, they no. And, had, and they niggas yeah. was like, stop that shit. He was like, I'm going to stay stupid. So I'm going to stay stupid. I'm looking yeah. my yeah, nick, man, like I'm nah. looking my ride or dies. That's like me looking you dead in the face. You're like, yo, I'm not playing like, bro. And I look at you and say, fuck that shit. But that's what I'm saying. That ain't, that, to me, that's not even stupid, bro. That's just, you just, you a piece of shit. Just right. to me, you a piece of shit. Like, I stupidity that, is a moment. We're going to shelf stupid, you piece of shit. Yeah, bro. like stupidity is a moment and you living in this. You want to be this. You a piece of shit to me. So that's just kind of where I stand. And it's more than that. It's just like a whole bunch of other shit that, Destiny you know, like you. that he, yeah, he just, you just a piece of shit, bro. That's just it. Like, you just not a good human being. Some shit is like a, mo- a lapse in judgment. And I guess why, that's why I'm standing with stupidity. To me, stupidity is like a lapse in judgment. Like, damn, I, I didn't exercise my best judgment in that moment. That was stupid of me. When you live a life of not exercising your best judgment, you don't have the best judgment, and you're just a piece of shit because you're a millionaire. And you can learn better than that. That's yeah. just my opinion, though. Yeah, but, like um, he just does repetitive things. Like you know, my main rule is that you can do a lot of stupid shit, but you can't keep making the same mistake over and over. It's my screensaver. It's corporate. No, it's cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
that yeah, that's some high quality artistic shit. Yeah, I sound like a, well, you sound like niggas ain't never seen shit like. Oh right. my god, <laughs> three days. That was three days. Oh effects. my god, I can touch that. Um, <laughs> nah, that that happened. Hey, this is something I wanted to talk about because I just kind of found it like. Uh, nigga, why you do that? Oh. Um, since we just talking about people fucking with people that we respect, wives and shit. So August Alcina, his oh, yeah. Nunya remix. Have we? Did it, he came out the other day. Just I know, I know, whatever. But but in, I just feel like if, I feel like you played around with that. I feel like he knew what he was doing with to that. To get it out there, let's do it. Cornball ass nigga doing cornball nigga shit in the realm that you like. Fucked her, August. You corny as fuck. Hey, like, can I can I tell you? Can I tell y'all? Okay, for those that don't know, um, August remixed Kaylani's song Nunya. The song that he he remixed it made a video. Basically, the video is texting. Uh, it's a text conversation. The name on the text message is Corin, and it has a broken heart. And he says a part in the song like it's a text conversation. They going back and forth, and it's like, why you keep texting me? Worry about who sexing me? And it's like. Those the conversations pertaining to that as it's going through the lyrics, and then he says a part where it's just like you just an actress putting on a show, and in that he sends a gift of Jada Pickett from um, Shame, Low Down Dirty Shame. It's a it's a gift of her doing something in there, and it's like you just an actress. Corin is that shit corny. Corin is Jada Pickett's middle name, so Jada Pickett Smith's middle name is Corin, and that's what the name on the the um, mm-hmm. the text message was. You don't gotta not talk. Like, yeah, so you like, can speak. You can speak. Yeah, I understand that we can tell by your face. That's why I said we mm-hmm. can speak because it was so much outrage that I was like, you need a word for some outrage. But um, yeah, later he he let that fester. Right, go ahead, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, Romeo stepping off camera really quick. Yeah, take I the appreciate call. it. Like, the, uh, but um, we'll take this call. Yeah, he he um he basically baited us with the idea that him and Jada had a relationship. Let that settle for a week. And I love that song. Don't get me wrong. I love that song. It's an amazing mean, I, fucking song. Are you serious? Nah. Nah. I could, like, honestly, like, I don't know. Great don't fucking know. I, song. I think it was like just great fucking frame. song. Like, I just wasn't in the mood for no bullshit this week. And I understood. And so, that's why I feel like when he addressed it, he said that. He was like, you know, because of the Nipsey thing, that's why I let this settle and fester for so long. It's because I didn't want to address this during the week of Nipsey. Even still, like the the like the song itself, I'll give it that it's sonically pleasing. I have to listen to it again because once I caught wind, like once I figured out what it was, I never listened to it again. I listened to that one time. Yeah, but I was like, it was just such a a corny act. I just was like, on no level do I understand. Like you could write the song about having a I think, lover, but I'm like, bro, like the whole energy about that shit is corny. Like, but if I'm not gonna lie to you, bro, if I'm a, if I'm an R&B singer, man, nope. and I, or if I got a, I, I'm not gonna hold you up. Like, I think I don't think that's the first time we've seen that, dog. I, th- I feel like we've seen that a many a times with people who are just friends in the industry and are truly friends and understand like it would be to our advantage to play this a certain type of way. Like a couple of summers ago, we seen it before Big Sean and Janae Aiko got together. We seen Janae and Childish Gambino everywhere together, mm-hmm. and even like they made the very intimate video, and it was just kind of like a bait of like, oh no, we're just great, great, great friends. We've never seen the motherfuckers again together see, after that. Like, that's, that's I feel see, that's, like it was a moment where people were just kind of like, yeah, we kicking. It and working on some shit. You want to act like this is this, and then I dig that. But see, the idea that you know, like a lot of. But how do we know that he did not do that? With but that's that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the idea that Will and Jada, like a lot of like their their own entities, but a good there's a good portion of their brand that is built around the Will and Jada monster, like their amazing relationship and how they parent and how they this and how they and the benefit of that only benefits. August, like no, I think it lives, but no, but I think it also lives on two spectrums where Jada and Will also understand that these rumors 
of their swinging lifestyle and their shared intimacy with other people exists and strongly exists to the point where she's even had to have Leah Dunahee or whatever her fucking name is come on the show and address that as well as Scientology issues as well. So for me, when you get to speaking about that, I think that is a realm where if it's me and my fucking, if my whole thing is, I think that works if you live in the rumor, but they completely but I, like to bash that. Rumor. But I think like, they understand that that rumor is never going to die. It's it never going to die. So if we have to fucking use it or if it's if it can now be like it's it's almost like the Kardashian wave. And I think we even kind of seen them dip their toe into it when it's kind of like they've always had this relationship with Jordan Woods. But it wasn't until Jordan Woods was at this point of clashing and the whole world was fucking with her that you decided to go. All right, and, and and it looks nice. It looks like you're coming to aid her in her distress. But I think that's kind of them going like, let's do the let's do the PR spin. Like the Latin thing failed. We got but red none table. Of those, none of those scenarios like well, take the the Jordan thing still hits me fami- like with the family thing, and I think that could help them a bit. This scenario with the Kardashian thing, I don't see it helping them. Like that's them. None of you like don't, in- wait. Hold on. Do you you don't think? finally pulling the string and all of a sudden having Jordan Woods on Red Table Talk to show that, that you're just starting to have and is on a brand new network on Facebook Watch. That, to that, have the biggest, that aspect helps them. I'm talking about To have about somebody who's, okay, so to also, to me. it's something that will never, ever go anywhere. So if I'm always going to have to deal with this, I might as well make some money off of it. After a while, people will sell parts of their life that's just like, this shit don't fuck with nothing. It don't bother nothing, but I can make something off of it. Fuck it. Go ahead. Like, we can help the camp off of this. Somebody can, li- I don't give a fuck. I really don't. I can see it. I just don't buy with them. I think the brand if, they have. If Shard was an R&B singer, spiritual couple, I don't think they do that. If so we had somebody in the camp that was a fuck around, but I don't think they put that again. On the brand if we had, if we had somebody that was like, if we had somebody that was fucking um, in the camp that was a singer, and I don't know, they wanted to sing about possibly dating one of us, and because it was rumors that like I would fucking yeah, knock yourself out, go get this money. Is like, August in the camp. He, him and Jada are like best fucking friends. He goes on vacation with that family. He's been seen on vacation videos with them. Like he goes okay. on with, with Will there. Like August has been on vacation with them with Will there. Like frolicking on the beach, Will and August together. See, I mean, okay, well, see, if you're in the camp, I still don't understand this mode of going about. It. I just think the whole hey, mode can I make some money off of us? Like I got yeah, to get back into this shit. I got to get back into R and B to make money though. Like nigga, go in a movie. Like yeah, what you mean? but yeah, but it's so like yo, because I'm not buying no album off this one song. Like. No, but it's not. It's not even about buying an album. I got to get people saying my name again before I can even present y'all with an album. I got to get y'all saying my name again. The last time we seen August, August was telling us he was blind. After that, August was telling us he was on painkillers. After that, August had just lost his sister and had to take care of her kids. After that, August released a Christian album. You oh. trying to pop back up after um after um your last song with Trinidad James and shit and being a feature on a remix? You now you gotta pop back up, bro. After doing a Christian album and losing your sight and going crazy and all that, you gotta pop the fuck back up. You need to just make better music. And and I mean, I just sometimes I just think- better music is this, and this is a great fucking song. And I understand conceptually you might not like it, but to me. In yeah, my I opinion, think, I think see my thing is like gang that. shit, my nigga. So if Nova need to make a motherfucking song about I'm not gonna the not, podcast, I'm not gonna not put I don't up, give a fuck. I'm not gonna not put over the team, but I feel like the song puts the moment over. The, like what I just said, like the moment. There, there are listeners like you, but then there are listeners like me where the moment outshines the song. Like what he said is bigger than his musical ability. Like I'm not. Interested I think that's a lot of getting people's attention right now. I think out the gate, it's not gonna be. Uh, we just talked about this with Soldier Boy, and, and I think this just goes back to something you hate. I'm not listening to no Soldier mu- mu- music though. Like I listen, I listen I to Soldier for not. those moments, but, <laughs> but nobody. I, this, I haven't heard any car drive by again, doing no Soldier. Is, and again, soldier. I think this is conceptually 
what clout is, and I understand you have a disdain for that. But so, but like, let me explain it. Soldier was just late with the music, and that's something everybody was saying. That eventually was like, okay, we could tell you just clout chasing because like. That's the way to get your music sold now. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, and then it's like, oh, look what I also do, though. Like, look at my interviews and look at me go crazy, but I got the single as well. We seen it with 6 and 9 Suck my dick, suck my dick, suck my dick, suck my dick, Treyway. I got a song with Nicki Minaj and Kanye coming mm -hmm. out, though. We seen it with Soulja Boy. I'm the best rapper. I'm the hottest rapper. I got a game console. I got all this. And then he released a few songs. His songs just nobody gave a fuck about. And it just swung and missed. 6 9 swung and won. 11 out of 11 on the billboard. Soulja swung and missed. August coming through with his clout now. It's happening. Safari did it when Safari was out here fucking, yo, I never got paid from Nicki. That landed him on Love and Hip Hop and got his songs a few spins enough to where the nigga was even good enough to get robbed by niggas. People thought Safari right. was doing well enough to rob this nigga. Mm -hmm. But that's clout, bro. And I understand what you're saying. Well, no, I'm not even, I'm not even just talking no, no, about no, and I understand what you're saying. For it. I'm talking about clout as just from a whatever, like a consumer or a person who, if you like to make content, like. But that's the risk of clout. It's going to be people like you that are going to go, not fuck what you're doing. Is what I'm saying. It, I think it is once you get a product with it. There's like I a, said, August. Is, it's it's hot for the moment. And if you Takashi, If Takashi had not done nothing illegal, he would still be the hottest rapper out right now, bro. His slip up was. He said Treyway. If he would have just said, suck my dick, I'm the hottest rapper, and just stopped right before he said Treyway, he would still be out here cloud chasing, and he would be 17 for 17 on Billboard. No, as much like, as you hate to I'm, say it, no, no, no. cloud His chasing music, with product. I, I still say some of that shit would still be not sustainable. You get caught up one way or another. He'd have, he'd have, he'd have talked But I think when you're playing the game all in-house, you're playing the game all in-house. Like, we control, and that's the Kardashian game, bro. Like, he's playing the Kardashian game. That's why I say Will and Jada are taking a book out of the Kardashians. We control everything in this. We control the good guy, the WWE. Like, that's why I say niggas like the Vince McMahon. I control the good guy, the bad guy, so I control every possible outcome because I control all the pieces on the board. It's just a chess game that you're playing against the world. But on my, I own all my pieces. I just have to counter y'all moves with my pieces. I can see that. Like, I understand that. So it's kind of like, all right, look, we're going to start this fire. It's a controlled blaze. That's, in my opinion, I feel like shit like that be a controlled blaze when you have somebody in a camp do something like that to somebody else inside the camp, and then you come back and be like, nah, but we good, and we clean it up, or nah, <laughs> this is just we best friends, and this is just a hypothetical situation about a song, and it is. If, like, yeah, I don't believe like coincidence. I'm saying, in that situation, I think Will and Jada have, made, have created, how do I say a sustainable career like there's not a, there's no time where they can get on TV or movies that it won't go for August I feel like moves like that are even even on the, hang on hang on even all the people you've listed it's not a sustainable way to make you will get if you get a lot of money and parlay it cool but if this is the life you're trying to lead as a star as a musician as whatever moves like that don't make you sustainable shit like I don't know Snoop Game Rest in Peace Nip like those are people who have made and even Game with his like a lot of like antics the actual content is a sustainable thing. If you're not giving the actual content, regardless of the antics around it, you won't be sustainable. And what? It, but that's what I'm saying, though, bro. Is like, that's like what, soldier game, is not sustainable. Okay. Safari is not sustainable. Okay, and that, August shit is not sustainable. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna say August is not sustainable because he, gave us, a, he makes, gave us a quality if, song. If like, August makes content. Have you listened to the song yet? No, no. no I'm saying if have August, you listened to the song yet? No, no. no. Okay. No, I that, So I'm no, done no. having a conversation. If he gives us content, it's sustainable. If he keeps he antics did. like this, he gave content. You know what I'm saying? If he makes continuous content, then we got somewhere to go. But if he but just have you does listened it to the first song, no. Okay, then. So you no. can't say he's not giving sustainable content yet. No, I can't. If, I know. I'm saying in the theory, if he does not give content, if it rides all off this, but what I'm saying is what you're talking about is pointless because he's gave. 
get good no, content. No, but though. I'm saying if if I'm comparing him to the people you just named, the safaris and whatever, then it is a it's I'm look I'm about to watch his decline. If he takes this and goes with content, okay. So and what stays I'm telling what I'm antics, telling you is that fine. you're choosing to watch those people because that backs up your point and that's a convenient case for those you. are the people you named. But I also said Takashi, who only failure was. He just so happened to be his with clout him. is the thing that got him fucked up. If he didn't no. made content, he'd have been fine. No, yes, him doing all this extra antiquey shit is what brought this shit upon him. No, the antics weren't what brought the shit upon him. The Rico nigga, like just Which hanging around with gang members, an- like part of his antics. If, but if he would have never said "suck my dick," he was riding with Treyway before the "suck my dick" shit started, bro. But he was—it's already been said he's never been that guy. That's all an antic to me. But what I'm saying is though, like you were gonna, you were gonna get in trouble. Like these, these niggas was gang members and shit before you said suck my dick. Antic. You should have stayed away. You should have just been a music guy. Uh, Antic. If you're not the guy, like that's a real disassociated view. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that one alone because I. Sometimes I feel you like you start trip? talking from the media perspective instead of the favorite rocket shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, I feel man. like that's a disconnected view. But I understand what you're saying though. I, I still feel like the clout. Sometimes it's sustainable for people. You see people come out in outrageous ways and then they still like have good work. And it's kind of like, yeah, nigga, I don't want to see you do that. But it's kind of like, perfect example, Ray J. Ray J's reintroduction to us is always clout. It's always clout. But Ray did enough clout shit to be able to sustain long enough until he found a good swing up. And now Ray J's a fucking investor that we love. That's that's what Cloud does, but let's not forget Ray J was a porno tape doing, saying that he had niggas that was gonna rape Fabulous. Ray J did a bunch of Cloud shit prior to motherfucking coming back and loving hip hop shit and all that before he came back is I'm Ray the investor now. And his love and hip hop swing was his last Cloud thing. When him and Princess was going through all they shit, it was still Cloud moves, Cloud moves, Cloud moves, Cloud moves, and then finally this nigga was like, we gonna have a baby and we gonna do a positive spin on this, and I'm gonna become an investor, and I'm gonna use all this Cloud that I parlayed and actually put out an investment that people fuck with, is that, actually put out a, pe- a product that people fuck with. Is that like a attributing to cl- attributed to Cloud, or are we just making the exception the rule? No, I just think that that I think that's an attribute of Cloud, nigga, like. Like Ray J was the first. I hit it first. We've seen we've seen that nigga make so many clout moves, bro. Ray J like, seems so, like and, the exception. And, and Ray, the no, Ray J finally had a tangible thing that we could be proud of that went along with his clout. His yes. investment, his entrepreneurship, was what he 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 took the clout platform this time and put something else on top of it. Instead of going, I'm gonna do clout and porn. I'm gonna do clout and music. I'm gonna do clout in this. He finally said, I'm gonna do clout and investment, and that's something that I could be proud of, and that's a product that later on people will be able to grab onto that will, they will fuck with. That's my whole point is that some people parlay clout into something real. And I feel like August followed up with a product. August followed up with a product that I think is something tangible with his clout. Now, I can't say for the second or third one, but this first project that went along with the bullshit he parlayed, I think is actually a tangible thing that is good music. Mm-hmm. Did you, you missed the conversation. We're talking about August Alcina with the Nunya remix. Oh, yeah. Nah, I'll, I'll say I saw the August. I don't, my thing is I don't like to give that kind of like goofy shit any kind of attention that's just me so i didn't I, I didn't really look too much into it you know i don't i i seen it but from my knowledge they um they took him in and then i don't know the ins and outs i'm still waiting on more details but yeah that's some goofy shit i mean he did go on again to post today that like he made a post and he was just waiting until the passing of the whole nip situation to be able to address it but um he was saying that him and jada jada are still best friends and they still are great they speak every day so he did address the thing, the issue that we were all like hinting at and baiting at or were baited at. But I think it's like um, 
yeah, like it still left a lot. And I guess we were talking about like the ideas of the rumors that have always swirled around the Smiths and them being swingers and August actually being a part of the camp, like you just said, them bringing him in. Like, was this really that big of a deal if we made some money off of us? Like, if it's rumors already that's out here about two people in a camp dating and one of them so happens to be an R&B singer, or you, if you allegedly dating somebody in the camp and then you make a movie about a story that's similar to, or make a short film about a story that's similar to y'all two, like, can you parlay that into some money if you know, like, this rumor not going nowhere. People going to always say this about us, so yeah, I mean, they have let's a capitalize off of it. Yeah, I mean, you could capitalize off it, and then, like, Jada has her own platform with the Red Table Talk. She could always address it, you know, later but on. But at the same time, though, like, he's been on that show already, and he's talked about why they're so close, and he talked about that he went through his thing where he lost his sight, and he also, after that, got addicted to drugs and, like, painkillers and prescription drugs, and then he talked about... Um, his sister passing and having to like take take in the kids and what like the Smith family has been to him. So he has been on that platform and spoke to their relationships and stuff. But I guess for me, it's kind of like if I have a rumor that's not not really offensive, not really harmful, and like I know it's not gonna ever go nowhere, and we can parlay some money off of it. Like that's lemonade. That's four four four. That's stuff that. That's what that is. It's making a positive, a negative into a positive. It's like, y'all gonna talk about this anyway. Fuck it. I might as well make some money. Like, J- Jay said that. Like, I turned my nice, I turned my life into a good first week. Like, right. that's sometimes what it is. Like, Aladdin sh- took a shit. I don't even know if that came out yet. Like, Aladdin was like a poop. No, it was just the, uh, like yeah, the but the previews, niggas is not excited up previews, about it. They're not pleased. Red Table Talk, like, they are on, like, Lion Facebook. Came out. I was so pleased with that. Sorry. Lion King came out. The fucking preview. The came new trailer. Out. Oh yeah, like, like and that's. I think that was oh another thing. God. I think that's why Aladdin is a fail by comparison. Is that the idea of the revamp of Lion King is such a huge thing that we're so excited about, and then Aladdin, we're like, this nigga blue. We don't like that shit, nigga. Like, and then on top of that, like Red Table. Yeah, like Red Table Talkers on Facebook Watch, which is a new channel that just took a hit because. Ball and the family just took a hit because of their situation and losing the brand. So those are the two stable shows for that Facebook watch network. So right. you need to parlay that into something like you you keep There's no such thing as bad publicity, even something like Will Smith coming and joining social media. I think that's a sign of kind of like the times and having to catch up. Like you have to realize to a certain generation of motherfuckers, Will Smith is just Jaden Smith dad. Right. Like to a whole group of motherfuckers, Jada is just Willow's mom. Like. I know that's fucked up to say. We love Jada for everything that she is. To a certain group of motherfuckers, Jada is Tupac's ex-girlfriend and I whip my hair back and forth girl mom. So for them of that level, do you dip lower to do some shit like that or do you just continue being... You know Willow's mom, who's got. Wait, hold on. I think after a while, like I think after a while, Smith, who's a fucking we have to stop looking at adapting to the game. Cool it's going lower. Like that's where the game is. So if I want to be an actor, I got to go over here. Like that's just what it is. But like, that move to me, like them, them going with the game. Nobody's is, bigger than the game right no, no, now. No, no, no. That's what I'm, I'm not saying. They're bigger than the game. What I'm saying is to use the game properly. They're already doing that. Red Table Talks is on Facebook, big platform. Will Smith has been on Instagram for three and a half months. Is the biggest motherfucker but on the Instagram internet. Instagram do not translate. Go ahead. Yeah, of course. Speaking you got to interject. My mom is blowing. Me up. Oh yeah, no, of course. Go see moms, man. Yeah, we we appreciate you. Nah, but I I want to say I appreciate y'all having me. me (laughs) (laughs) Nah, it's just I haven't seen her and she getting ready for work, so I got to dip up. Yeah, man. Please go see moms. We appreciate you coming through, man. Please support. Tell them where they can find you at. Uh, At Romel Rose on social media, YouTube, all that stuff. If y'all want to watch the films and follow me on all platforms. But yeah, y'all doing y'all thing, man. I appreciate y'all and. Hopefully, I'll see y'all again soon. I'm going to be up here tomorrow. I don't know if y'all going to be here. Yeah, without a doubt, I'll be here. We'll, we'll figure it out. All right, we'll man, go ahead, man. I'll be here. Right, I appreciate y'all.
All right. tomorrow too. All right, man. Make sure you get them titanium draws, man, so they don't hurt you out there. Yeah, man. You, All right. Be careful, man. That's fuck around to get pounced on out there. Just, you can just walk by. Nah, you good. Go ahead. Yeah. Appreciate you, <laughs> you coming through. You have a good one. On. Get pounced. <laughs> them booty snatchers. Them booty snatchers. <laughs> All right, man. But uh, I, I think um, I think we get in the episode. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna go nowhere after that. Yeah. <laughs> But um, <laughs> just picking the nigga up in the street, just snatching booties, <laughs> trying to go to Sprouts get right. some healthy food. Bring your goddamn man! <laughs> hey man, they ring that nigga up with their food. Just right. put him right in the bag. Boop, like. boop, boop. Um, I'm sorry, sir. You don't. Nah, that's booty. I got it out the produce section. I just snatched it up real quick. It was the last one there. Nah, it ain't got a barcode on it, man. It's just it's just man butt. Just scan it through. Back there to the deli. It ain't nah. got a bar. Go go back to the deli and ask Let him how much is pound, the pound, man. How much the fresh man butt? Yeah, that's so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like niggas buying butt at it. That's <laughs> wow, wow, wow. This is very much like a god damn. They gonna come get this. <laughs> well, that was right. Ten years. They gonna come get this episode. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years. Wait, shit. We live in outrage culture. They didn't get that shit in a week. Nah, it ain't gonna mean that in a week. They gonna get it in a week, but they gonna store it. KT, what up? What up? Hey, Nobody KT. saw that because the camera yeah. too far this way. But um, it's whatever. No, nah, but I I do think that's a um, I don't know, man. I think clout happens. I I I also feel like that from this situation, we kind of just realize that Will Smith is an angel, because anybody that tries to fuck Will Smith woman like. Some of the most worst shit in the world happens to him. Like, what if Will Smith was really a dashly nigga and he just is moving in like a really, like we'll, we'll be up here like my main method this year was surrender. So I surrendered and I surrendered to these contractors that I licensed to go, you know, take this nigga down. Knock town. niggas off, nigga. Yeah. I'm dead shot. Mm. Yeah. Y'all I, think Orlando got Tupac out of here, nigga? That was yeah. me. You ain't gonna never get Jada back, nigga. Yeah, Will Smith out here like law-abiding citizen. Like, has anybody heard from? Hey, that's the most fucked up rumor to start. Is that Will Smith had Tupac knocked off so the nigga couldn't get Jada? Oh shit, that happened. Y'all got that here first, boy. What if Will was like a secretly sick nigga? That's why I say Will's like all all this spiritual shit. You think you gonna get my woman, nigga? Mm, Yeah, bro. Get this nigga hooked on drugs, opioid crisis, nigga. She don't want no crackhead. You can jump out of planes and shit and do all that crazy. Will's out here doing secret shit. Will's like, I got her in Morocco, nigga, and you in rehab, crackhead. Yeah, mm. like I can sit in Dubai or like Indian like. Yeah, I keep hearing them bumps, nigga. Them is mic drops. That's Will Smith being like, I won, nigga. Checkmate. Boom. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, bitch. Yeah, Will's the guy behind the scenes. Will is, <laughs> Will is toppled small countries. That is fucking hilarious. Will Crip walks on the leaning tower of Pisa. Scotty, <laughs> Scotty, what's going on, man? Yeah, Will, we have, Will be having weird access to shit too. Like, yeah, Will has the weirdest access to shit. Yeah, Will was watching. We, we on top a, of a bridge in Romania. Theories, like. I seen him in like Thailand dancing yeah. on like a bridge, a little kid. Yeah, Will can do shit. Like, yeah, like, it's real just, niggas can't do. It's the craziest shit in the world. Man, but yeah, wild. can you imagine that? What about if like Will Smith really an angel? And anybody who tries to like fuck with his woman, the worst shit in the world happens to you. Well, there was that like, movie that did terrible. The Will was the devil. So did he, it? Yeah, it, did. it was. A, I don't know. The movie did shit at the. When Will time. try to do anything but be Will Smith, the shit gets fucked up. Like he yeah, it was to be wild. A genie. They had wild CGI. Like, like he had weird mangly teeth. It was some weird shit. Yeah, that's uncomfortable. I don't like that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're about like an hour and 20 in, so it's like, 
I mean, we're just saying shit now where some of the funniest shit happens. I don't know. Scotty pulled out his phone, so I feel like I'm obligated to perform. Like, <laughs> I don't, and I've I've said nothing funny since he did it. Like, I don't think I, I don't think Scotty's doing a live though. I just I think he's like, doing like a boomerang uh, real quick. Yeah. So it's just like as long as we look jokes like, and jokes, jokes and jokes and jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jokes. Man. That let me know. That five seconds right to let me know I was like, wow, stand up is hard because that nigga was like, be funny right now, and I did yeah. nothing. Yeah. I need nothing for y'all. That's something I keep saying I'm gonna get back into a stand up. Oh, you got like, it, bro. Like I got all this internet shit where I can like control the funny. Like yeah, well, nah. it's like I'm that funny all the time. I'm not. I sit in my room and do fuck all. Yeah. Like, I, that's I read books. And that's shit. why I'm, I'm like really taking public nigga. transportation again and shit. Like I be having to go out. When I'm riding in my car, I'm not really inspired it, and no, shit. Yeah, so being I be having out to go public, out really like, I'm like oh shit, that's how I make fun of shit. My bad. Yeah, you gotta Damn. see shit to make fun of it. So it's kinda like I'm sitting on a train next to a crackhead and he's stinking. He smells like piss, but I'm like, yo. It's some material gonna come out of this. That sounded so like you was finna start the best bar about right. homeless niggas. Like, right, that's I'm the, sitting on the bus. This nigga stinking. This nigga stinking. Fuck was I thinking? Like, just, <laughs> it was finna be the best. No jokes, nigga. But I got sixteen. It was gonna be the best hot sixteen uh, about the homeless community. No, oh shit! I realized I started to get a little squeamish about shit. I was coming out the store the other day and I seen like a homeless person. I was like, Ugh. and I was like. Yo, nigga, you gotta start going back outside. You getting real squeamish. You getting like conservative squeamish, and I can't. I couldn't do that. Like you can't walk down the block. I'm acting like an old white man and shit. I'm like, nigga, your credit's not even. Your credit score not even high enough to be afraid of niggas that look like you. EJ said he stepped out of Trader Joe's and clutched his purse. Yeah, like. Sir. Are you, do you live around here? Yo, I'm gonna tell you the ill shit. I was walking around a motherfucking Target in downtown LA, and I wasn't even buying, and I was just walking around the Target eating food. Like that's just what I do sometimes. I call it a uh, snacking shop. That's just me. Y'all don't be snacking and shopping. You just be in the store, like, walking around, eating shit. So I'm doing that. Like, I'm not in a place where I can judge no motherfucker. I'm in downtown LA. Technically, I'm in this nigga's neighborhood. So I walk out this, (laughs) I walk out from stealing, and I bump into a nigga. And I'm like, oh, my God, sir. Let me get away. (laughs) You didn't read. Yeah. Sprinkle some crack on him. (laughs) Sir. (laughs) The fuck? (laughs) Nigga. That nigga attacked me. Sprinkle. I felt so fucking terrible. I'm like, yo, I'm the niggas that's gentrifying the neighborhood. I that just, niggas was a, here's the fucked up part. That nigga was a full fledged licensed contractor. He had just got off a job. He was like, dirty piece of shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's like, you poor motherfucker. I own the condo above this place. <laughs> like, nah, I I was like, <laughs> nigga built the target. You just walked out of hey, as a whole contract with the city. <laughs> he was like, you dirty piece of shit. Dirty piece of shit. <laughs> Throwing change at him like, get a job, buddy. Fucking plebeian, get away from me. Get a job. He's like, nigga, I own this Target. (laughs) But the fucked up shit, I was fucking around and watching Patrice O'Neal this week. And I I realized it because I fucked around and like said some very unfiltered shit to a woman this week. I'm not going to say what it was. She was necessary. She's a friend of mine. Like she's a good person. But it was it was and it, uh, that doesn't like, like make this comment. I don't know. I'm just gonna. But I was fucking around and I said like, some shit that was on, so let me like. Pause, but I, let me pause agreeing with the comment. I said this. I I did a lot of amening before I actually knew what she said. I'm not gonna say what I said either way. But I just okay. made a statement and I just knew I was like this is very. In my head, I was like, after I said it, I was like this is inappropriate. But then like the devil on another shoulder was like inappropriate is a very vaginal word, nigga. Like stop wow. saying it. Yeah, so it's thirteen Black Phillip episodes that y'all should just just. I cycle, fucked around and watched cycle, Elephant. No, just watch Elephant through. in the Room. Just watch Elephant in the Room. I know. I, you I know go, what happened? I go to Elephant Kevin Hart was on fucking Joe Rogan, nigga, and that shit. He talked about fucking Elephant in the Room. I go to Elephant in the Room. He told but sometimes the if I Jack just want to hear some shit. I'm like, I'll go through. Like that nigga was wild. Nigga, I way fall angrier asleep. than me in life, but the, bro, you know, I funny. fall asleep to Elephant in the Room because I I literally want that 
level of fuck it to be planted in my subconscious. I want to wake up with like a fresh level of. I be looking Patrice for that level O'Neal of fuck, fuck it. it. You know who's good? Who? Do you do you listen to Tom Segura? What the fuck? Okay, Hell cool. yeah! Come on, Bro. man. Yo. What the fuck? <laughs> that that's yo that's. First off, Nobody's I'm, a, Patrice, I'm a comedian like at, at heart, Tom, so like I boy. listen. Tom Segura said I took my father out to lunch, and I just knew it was gonna get awkward because. He, <laughs> That nigga said, my father was like, he just seen a black person. He's like a random black guy. He was like, hey. He was like, I know one of you. Guy named Philip. I work with him. You know? Like, it's just like <laughs> the fucking. He's like, we're at lunch. And I got a. He's like, we had lunch and I had a fucking Asian waiter. And my, my father asked him, he said, yeah, I was in Vietnam. I killed a bunch of people that looked like you. Like, oh, it's just shit. the fucking most awkward shit he talks about. Anybody who hasn't watched Tom Segura, go watch it. No, it's fucking hilarious. He does with his wife. Like, that's one thing. Like, oh, yeah, he mom, does mom one. jeans, the podcast. Not Bruh. your mom. Yo, yeah, yo, and he does the black. I don't know why this shit's so fucking funny to me. Where he does the black, like the Tom or black, like where it's him, <laughs> it's him doing a black dude voice. <laughs> yo, anybody, yo, just go watch Tom fucking Segura. Anybody, just go listen to Not Your Mom's podcast. It's oh, a great fucking shit. show. Uh, oh, shit, yeah, it's really like an hour and 25 minutes in. I guess we did just because we gave you guys a, re- a recycle episode. Y'all so bitch we- go get some on Saturday. Yeah, hey, Saturday. Hey, somebody do some goofy shit so we can ask them to talk about on Saturday. Yo. Hey. More yo, people it's outside. One. It's a That's new person. Bike dude. It's I bike don't know who the fuck We got bike dude now. We got bike dude and we got dog walking lady. I don't know yes. who she is. Hey, She's walking the dog. Like High white lady. DL. DL. Shout out. He gay? I think he's saying dirty laundry. Okay. I was like, whoa. <laughs> in this very gay episode. <laughs> this episode I was like, is I was like, very I, gay. I was finna ride that. I was like, we gotta, this is the show that nigga came out on the street in front of people. He rode his bike, was like, you know what? I'm here to live my truth. Or dirty laundry, though. Either way. Whatever. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've really just been watching some of the worst possible comedy and consuming some of the worst possible content that's, this week. Yo, that may be why this, this episode is so fucking fuck toxic. That. I'm with it. That may really be why this episode is really toxic. fucking toxic. Like, they, like, hey, this take episode was a little homophobic. Not from us. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, some gay joke. I can't tell. Okay, look, yo. I know, like, real, like the gay people I consider some of my best friends. Like, I be like, we can't crack jokes, bro. I got white, I got white dudes who I'm cool with who, like, they don't get too racial, but like you know, some shit is funny. Not yet. I think like after like the you, it's a great spirit that you get after like you first get your rights that people gotta take you serious for a while. Like I'm sure they like first get their rights. I ain't been a homophobe in ever. So like I just, that was like, literally like almost a second of silence. I don't know, nigga. Depending on who you ask, I don't fucking know, man. I don't know who getting rights. Black people still ask the niggas to act civil towards us. I realize that. Michael Chase said that shit. Not even fucking treat us like full citizens. Just civil, nigga? Like, just put the water hoses down? I think... That's I some know. shit for your ass. I think some of this shit is for... Uh, I'm gonna say this might be my life. I think some of this might be for just... Um, like usual. It's outrage culture. No, I think, yeah, but I think some of this is for, like, you know, like, weird white dudes. Because today, like, at, you know, at work, we was out there, like, filing papers at Kinko's and shit. And we work. only give a fuck because white dudes want to be gay. No, because white dudes are inconsiderate as shit. Like this, like this girl I, uh, that was that's at the job. She was just having. She was young, but she was just having like young conversation. Like I want to talk about things right now. So I was like, all right, cool. So she was like, how do you guys feel about abortion? And I was like, this is a lot of con- this is a deep like a hell of a topic. Like this early in the morning, 
But I realized when she asked me, I was like, I don't. I'm like, I agree. That like, bitch just must have learned something about it. Yeah, well, she did. But she sometimes I, motherfuckers just be want to talk about shit because they just learned about it. Yeah, and I wasn't shitting on her for it because she was really fucking like hype about it. And I was like, all right, bet. Like, all right, bitch, and like me, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, so she was like, how do you feel? She was asking everybody, and I just, you know, like me, I thought it was like just a regular fucking. Pro- I'm like, that's your body, and like, you know, you can do, you can control your body. Like, I'm. So you're you're for abortion? I was like, well, I'm like, well, don't say it like we out here going to a party, but yeah, like you know, like. The Why wife. are you asking me like I left it in Bro, you, Bro, she said it. Like, that's that's what got me. She said it so... Pe- are you for abortion? I was like... I was like, if you... Like, if yeah. that's... Yeah, like, your situation, that's... Yeah, do... Like, I would much rather you... For you. Like, don't be an irresponsible parent, yeah, bitch. Go to the like, that man. was my whole thing. Like, I, I would rather that than you bringing somebody... And it was this whole diatribe, the whole thing about it. White dude was like, I don't agree. And I was like, well, fucking Todd, like, what is your fucking... And he was bothered. Like, his whole demeanor was shook because he was like... And she, and she, you could tell, like, she was just young and excited about learning shit. I think she might, like, take a class or some shit. About, she was like, I got two people who agree with me. And she was just papers. Yeah. And he was just like, hello, darkness, my old friend. Like, he acted like Jesus had stepped through and was like, this all you finna do? This is all you finna do for us? Like, God was just sitting there in his head like, you finna get kicked out, bro. I can't wait to scratch your name off the motherfucking list. I don't know. You niggas are wild. Should have just told her, like, bitch, shave your legs and wait two weeks. Bitch, your opinion to change. Take it in the fucking face. Listen to Donnell Rawley. You ain't gonna worry about none of that shit. Take, take, that sh- take it in the take face. Take it in the face. That's the worst Bow. shit ever. <laughs> yeah, nah, shave your armpits and wait two weeks. Your liberal opinion to change, I'm sure. Yeah, just take it in the face. Yeah. All these orifices, you ain't got to go in there. Oh, that's not skate dude. Fuck. Yeah. I'm gonna go ask somebody skate dude, nigga. Everybody on wheels and roll past here, but skate dude. Yep. That's, uh, I don't know. Everybody's against abortion until you fuck. Let me stop. <laughs> that was gonna be a Patrice O'Neill joke. Let me, let me stop. Bust off. Yeah, nah, man. That's, that's a good enough episode. It's been an hour and 30 minutes. It's 90 minutes in this shit. We might have to cut this in half. Um, I'm not, cause like the last nah, 30 minutes is all bullshit. I'm gonna so we're gonna let Saturday, it go. Cause I'm gonna get drunk and say some old goofy shit. Oh, yeah. Saturday's gonna be reckless. Do uh, say! Big shit. Um, just a dope ass podcast, Snapchat, Instagram. Follow us. Tell your mom and them. Tell your mom and them. Um, yeah, we go. All right, yeah. Love y'all. Long live Nip.